Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of The Chris Carpenter Show. This is episode 17. I hope everybody's having a good uh, start to their October. Um, Where I am in Texas, we are back to hot weather these next few days. In fact, the highs are going to be in the 90s. So it's kind of like, you know, we had had a few cold days uh, last week. And then it's like, nope, summer, we, we fooled you. We're not done with you yet. So hopefully we'll start to have a little bit uh, more fall weather uh, pretty soon. So we're going to talk a little bit of tech football um, and a little bit of World Series predictions, things like that. And we're going to get into a little bit of Lower, lower Decks, Star Trek Discovery. Um, I'll give you my initial thoughts on the upcoming Crown Jewel pay-per-view and the draft, and then we'll end with some talk about the King of the Ring and the Queen's Crown in the WWE. So uh, let's start with some tech football this week. They've got a big game, 6 o'clock this evening. They're going to be taking on TCU. It is homecoming. They are going to be wearing some awesome-looking throwbacks. We are finally going to get to see the real double T on the helmets for the first time this year. Um, And I call it the real double T because – that it needs to be the permanent logo. Um, the 3D double T has had its nice little 20 year run, but it is just, if you compare side to side, the throwback logo, the one that, that we're going to be wearing today on our helmets, the original double T logo to what tech trots out normally night and day, the throwback logo is just so much better. It pops more. Um, when you see it on TV, it's just a better looking logo. And uh, hopefully we'll get to the point sooner rather than later where that is the permanent, again, logo and the 3D double T kind of goes away. Um, you know, most of the coaches wear the, the, the um, you know, real double T logo on their clothing. Um, they sell a lot of hats, a lot of T-shirts with that logo. And it's it's a popular one. I mean, you, you pull most fans. They like the quote-unquote throwback, the real double T better than what we currently wear. So hopefully we'll see if, if uh, it's sooner rather than later that becomes the permanent logo. I'm also a big fan, by the way, of the old-school double T logo with the Mass Rider reared-up logo next to the double T. I love that logo and um, would love to see that come back too. We'll see. But should be a pretty pretty uh, interesting game today against TCU. Um, I, I I'm not really sold on TCU being that strong of a team. They um, they've obviously they've lost two games in a row. They had the SMU game where I think Gary Patterson still is griping about uh, SMU planting the flag and claiming that his one of his coaches got hit in the head with a helmet. You know, <laughs> so, um, so if you're going to the game today and you take an SMU flag, make sure to wave it in Gary Patterson's face. It may trigger him, and that would be really funny to watch. But that was two weeks ago, and they're still griping about it down there in, in, at TCU. And then last week they played uh, UT, and uh, UT was able to win, uh, beat them as well. Uh, you know, TCU I think is a very winnable game for Tech today. Um, certainly – if they play the way that they played last week, I think they, they should be able to win. Um, you know, overall, last week's game against West Virginia, they played a solid first half. 
Um, had some issues in the third quarter. I think what honestly what happened in the third quarter is is Tech got way too conservative. They started playing not to win, or excuse, not, excuse me, not playing not to win, playing not to lose instead of playing to win. And they should have left their their foot on the gas pedal. Um, and I think they they would have they would have run away with it. Um, and so, but I think overall, if they play like they did last week. I think they can beat uh, TCU. I think uh, talent-wise, they're about even with each other. And, uh, you know, I think I think it's finally high time Tech beats TCU in Lubbock. It hasn't happened since uh, 2014. Um, and I'd, I'd love to see it happen. That would get Tech to 5-1. and one, And we still got Kansas on the schedule, which really uh, points to this team goes to a bowl game. I know there's a lot of people already talking about, oh, they're 4-1. and one. They're definitely go to, going to go to a bowl game. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna come out and say that yet till they get to six wins, um, because I have seen T, I have seen Tech get off to these uh, solid starts. You know, they're five and two at one point, and then they just fall apart, lose five in a row, and end the year at five and seven. So, uh, hopefully, get this one today. You're one step closer. Um, certainly, I think this is a, a winnable game, and should be a, should be a fun one to watch as well and there was big news yesterday in in the tech football world um they are going to build a brand new um training facility i believe it's going to be uh, over 50 million dollars uh price tag uh, uh dustin womble again coming through for texas tech and should be should be a really nice addition to the football program you know there is no excuse to me especially when texas and oklahoma depart uh, for the SEC, there is absolutely no excuse to me for this football team not to be in the top half of the Big 12 consistently. Um, you have the resources. You are you are going to be one of the halves of the Big 12, meaning you've got the resources, you've got the power, you've got the money to pay for a solid coaching staff. You should be you should be in that top half of the Big 12. And, you know, it, it continues – well, it doesn't continue to baffle me because um, there's been some mistakes made within the football program within coaching hires. And I'm not – you know, I'm not taking a shot at Matt Wells and I'm not going to st- say here today he should be fired or anything like that. But there's been some mistakes made over the past 11 years in the football program that has really messed it up and that's why it's – it's been consistently the last 11 years in the bottom half of the Big 12 conference. You know, and even with Texas and Oklahoma in the Big 12, I still don't think Tech should be a lower tier Big 12 team because you have better resources than programs like Iowa State and Baylor and TCU and Kansas State and Kansas you should consistently be able to beat those programs and it's been it's been extremely frustrating to see a program like Iowa State and a program like Baylor bubble up to the top and tech kind of you know go, go take a big downfall because we we have better resources than those places you know we we are about even if you look at resources and you look at recruiting base we're about even with Oklahoma State, and look at look what Oklahoma State's done. They've bubbled up, and they've won a Big 12 championship. And so to me, on paper, if you look at the resources, 
when this new Big 12 is formed after Texas and Oklahoma leave, your top two dogs should be Oklahoma State and Texas Tech. And if it's not, we we need to kind of identify what's the problem with it because there's no excuse for us to be on par with Kansas football. And that's kind of where we've been, especially the last five years. I mean, the last 11 years, Tech football has just been in a free fall. <laughs> and it's been extremely frustrating to see. So uh, other college football thoughts right now, um, you know, Texas and OU are battling in the OU, or excuse me, the OU, the Red River Shootout. And yes, I still call it shootout. Um, and we'll see what happens. Oklahoma has not looked very good really at all um, this season. Um, you know, I think I think they're still probably the best team in the Big 12, um, but they're not as high up um, in the um, – as far as talent as they've been in the past, you know, uh, Spencer Rattler has not looked that good. And so, and in fact, the, the fans have kind of turned on him at OU, which is kind of, it, that's kind of fun to watch. I like when there's chaos at OU and UT, especially, you know, with them uh, leaving for the SEC. But, um, you know, we'll see what happens. I'm sure if Texas somehow holds on to this win, uh, they'll they'll be back again. They'll proclaim them as they're back, and you know, woo, you know, blue, blue, blue. They're you know, national championship or bust. I guess is what they'll what everybody will be saying. So that is what it is. That's that's how they always regard UT. Also, it was really funny last week. A uh, and M losing for the second week in a row, and again, Leach got a big college station. Um, you know, <laughs> maybe instead of paying Jimbo Fisher $80 million, you should get a guy that consistently wins at College Station, and that's Mike Leach. Just saying, Aggies, but, you know, you might want to go talk to Old Rock about that. Maybe Old Rock will have some thoughts. <laughs> so um, let's talk a little bit of uh, about the World Series just real quick and uh, Major League Baseball playoffs. Uh, they started this week. Um, full disclosure, I, I am a Yankees fan. I get a lot of flack over that. Uh, my dad was a Yankees fan, and, and I, I grew up like being a big fan of Don Mattingly, Donnie Baseball. And they're out already. They lost to the Red Sox, so kind of, kind of not a good start to the um, MLB postseason. Should be interesting to watch, uh, you know, the Dodgers certainly are the favorites, but, you know, that's going to be a pretty uh, solid, I think, uh, divisional series between them and the Giants. The Giants currently lead that one to nothing, the series. I don't really like either team, so <laughs> I don't really care what happens. I think I, I really like, um, as far as who I'm rooting for on the National League side, um, it would I like the Braves. I think the Braves uh, certainly have been – not treated very well this year by the Major League Baseball brass. Um, you know, getting the All-Star game taken away from them really was stupid, quite frankly. Um, but I also like the Milwaukee Brewers. And the reason I like the Milwaukee Brewers is they still have Bob Uecker as their play-by-play guy. And so it would, re- it would be really fun uh, for them, to, if they end up in the World Series, to have Bob Uecker be doing the World Series so either of those teams, I'm good with winning the National League. As far as the American League, uh, we've got the Rays and the Red Sox. Uh, I guess I'm for the Rays just because I don't like the Red Sox, but 
again, uh, I mean, does the average person in Tampa even care about the race? <laughs> um, and then you've got the Astros and the White Sox. And I know a lot of people still are kind of bitter at the Astros about the whole, you know, cheating thing. Uh, I don't know. I, I didn't get really all that offended by that. Um, first of all, sign stealing has been around in baseball for years. If you don't want signs stolen, get better, get better signs. And also, I mean, I know they were doing the electronic thing, and I get that. That's probably a big no-no. But they were not the only team that was doing it. The Dodgers, who griped a whole bunch about, you know, oh, they would have won the World Series if the Astros hadn't cheated. The Dodgers were doing the same thing. The Red Sox were doing the same thing. The Yankees were doing versions of the same thing as well. It doesn't make it right, but again, you know, it, it, the Astros were not the only team doing this. This was part of the culture at that point. It's it's kind of like the steroids thing to me. You know, you had ever I mean all these players were on steroids and and it was it a lot of it was baseball's fault cuz they were very willy-nilly on the testing, okay? Uh, but I'm all to be honest with you, I'm also kind of at a point now with the whole performance enhancers that, you know, if if you really want to be dumb enough to do that to your body, do it, but let it, you know, make it every make everybody uh, able to do it and then you can we just I mean we just know it's not uh what you know as far as the records it's not going to be the same as it was back you know in the 50s and 60s so but anyway um I don't, I'll be honest with you I, I don't really get into Major League Baseball that much during the season um first of all it's too long of a season Second of all, um, you know, it's just that their TV deal is not very good. So it's hard to even find it on TV. So I enjoy it when we get to October. I think it's, you know, it's it's a fun, fun thing to have on TV, you know, along with football. But, um, you know, I, I like college baseball probably more than the Major League Baseball. Baseball to me is a sport that it is probably the best sport to go to live, but it's one of the worst sports to just sit down and watch on TV. Um, but the live experience is just so fantastic um, for baseball. But anyway, I don't know what's going to happen. I guess we'll just see. You know, I, according to Vegas, it's the Dodgers uh, to lose. I don't really care for the Dodgers either, but we'll see what happens. So uh, that's kind of my sports talk for this week. Uh, the Cowboys uh, play the Giants. Should be a win. We'll see what happens. The Chiefs and Bills, that should be a really fun game. The Chiefs got to prove something here, I think, this week. And that sounds weird to say of the team that's won the Super Bowl and been to the Super Bowl two years in a row. But they've not got uh, gotten off to a very good start. Um, they had a nice rebound win last week against the Eagles. It helps that the Eagles are terrible. But, you know, you're you're playing one of the upper echelon AFC teams tomorrow. If they can somehow find a way to win that game, I think you, you really reassert yourself back into, you know, in the, the conversation as far as uh, potentially who are, who are the best in the AFC. Uh, but we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, should be a fun game. Lower Decks, uh, Star Trek Lower Decks is, is hurling towards its uh, – season finale they had a they had their next to last episode of the season this week and we had a little bit of the pickup of the pack lid uh 
storyline. It was a pretty solid episode, and I really enjoyed. You know, they did basically lower the lower decks um, version of a Klingon ship, a Vulcan ship, and then a Packlet ship, and then the, and then at the end of the at the credits, they did a a Borg lower decks, and it was basically you know just drones working. I thought it was funny, um, but again, you know, lower decks continues to be overall a very enjoyable show. Um, they are going to have a season three. I suspect it'll probably uh, premiere uh, in August of next year. And again, you know, we're we're staring down the barrel of almost year-round Star Trek uh, coming up because Lower Decks' season finale will air this week. We're going to take a one-week break, and then Prodigy will drop on October the 28th. And then November the 18th, uh, Star Trek Discovery will have their season premiere and we'll, for a few weeks, we will have two Star Trek shows on at the same time. Prodigy will finish its run. Discovery will continue on, finish its run into next year, January, into January, early February. Picard picks it up. Picard will air. And then we'll have Strange New Worlds. And by the time Strange New Worlds in, potentially we're looking at uh, Lower Deck Season 3 picking up. So... You know, especially with all of the COVID work stoppages, it's amazing here in October of 2021, we're staring down the barrel of year-round Star Trek. So should be fun, fun to see. They did drop a new trailer today at the New York Comic Con uh, for Discovery's new season. I'm liking the new uniforms that they're wearing. They're going back to, you know, Command being red. Um, engineering being, you know, the orange color and then, uh, medical science being the aqua color. So I like, I like that they're going back to that. Um, there, we had appearances of Ferengis. It still looks like the Federation president's a Cardassian. So that should be interesting. Um, again, we're, we're dealing with another anomaly. I'm not, not really sure if, you know, I'm real, I'm digging that we're having another anomaly, you know, kind of get some new material here, discovery, but, should be a pretty solid season um, overall, um, and they're supposed to be, I think, dropping a uh, – they've been dropping some Prodigy character profiles, but I think that's going to be – that'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, again, Prodigy will premiere October the 28th. So let's uh, wrap up today's podcast with a little bit of WWE thoughts. Um, we did have the completion of the draft on Monday Night Raw this week, and the – Draft, quote-unquote, doesn't take into effect until after the Crown Jewel pay-per-view. Um, as far as big surprises, so we have the switch uh, where Becky, the SmackDown champions now on Raw, Charlotte, the Raw champions now on SmackDown. Be interested to see what happens. Are they going to go the route that they did last year with the tag titles and just have them basically switch titles? Um, are they going to have the titles switch hands? Um, so we've got coming up at Crown Jewel, we have the triple threat match, Sasha Banks, Bianca Belair, Becky Lynch. I think you could very easily have, uh, you know, Bianca Belair, maybe pin Sasha Banks, win the title. And then you have those two, um, go at it in a feud again. Um, you know, and again, you got Charlotte Flair kind of lurking in the background as well in on SmackDown. Again, though, Bianca Belair, I think, is on Raw, so that that wouldn't work. Um, so do you have maybe Bianca Belair at some point pin Charlotte Flair? 
win the belt. Could be. Um, there's even been an allusion uh, by Becky to Becky Two Belts. Does she somehow end up winning the Raw title? I don't know, but that, that'll be interesting to watch and see what happens. Um, you know, this Monday on Raw, they're going to have a tag tag team match. Becky and Charlotte are going to team up against uh, Bianca and Sasha Banks. So that should be a fun, fun match to watch. Uh, anytime I think you get, you know, especially Becky and Charlotte in the ring together, uh, could be pretty explosive. So um, the other big matches coming up, you have Brock... Uh, Versus Roman. And actually, I'm going to talk more about Crown Jewel a little bit later. Let me get back to the draft. Um, as far as the other big surprises of the draft, there really uh, wasn't any big ones. Becky going to Raw, uh, Seth Rollins going to Raw. Um, I kind of wanted Seth to stay on SmackDown because I really wanted to see a Seth Roman Reigns feud. Um, but, you know, I think Seth maybe needed a little bit of a another start on Raw. We'll see. Um, but again, I, I don't like that this it's three weeks until it takes effect. I'm, you know, I'm kind of of the opinion. Let's have the draft. Let's start. Let's start uh, new storylines going into, uh, you know, on the next pay per view. But I'm also one of one of the opinion that I prefer personally the draft to be after WrestleMania. I think you know WrestleMania is the end of your season, quote unquote, in wrestling. Start start anew after WrestleMania with new storylines, new, new people, new personalities. So uh, we'll we'll see what happens. Um, we are going to get Crown Jewel again this year, and Crown Jewel always a controversial pay per view because it's in Saudi Arabia. It's part of that deal that the WWE made with the Saudi government, um, and they get like huge. They got huge. Uh, payment from the Saudis to run these pay-per-views and you know certainly it's it's a controversy it's been controversial you've got multiple wrestlers through the years that refuse to participate in it you know Sami Zayn is not even allowed to participate in it because of his uh, heritage uh, Syrian heritage and the Saudis don't allow him to participate you know there was issues with Aleister Black with his tattoos participating you know, personally, I, I'm, I'm not a fan of ha- them doing business with the Saudis, but, you know, it's WWE. They're, gonna, <laughs> they're not going to listen to my opinion. Uh, but Crown Jewel is shaping up to be a very interesting pay-per-view. Um, I, I will do my predictions next week on the podcast for it, but I'm going to give you my initial thoughts right now. We've got a really interesting triple threat match. Uh, Bianca Belair, Sasha Banks, Becky Lynch. I think that'll be a, a pretty solid match. You've got Drew McIntyre, who is going to SmackDown, taking on Big E, who is the WWE champion. Um, you know, I think Drew probably loses there. I would, wouldn't would mind seeing Drew uh, turning back into a heel. I think, um, I think he's had enough of a run as a good guy. And, you know, I think it might be a good idea maybe to get him to uh, – Go on, go on another heel run. The only problem with that is they're kind of built. They're kind of alluding to building him into a challenger for Roman, so that might not work out. They might keep him as a face and then have him be kind of the next big challenger for Roman Reigns if they choose to keep the universal title on Roman, which I think they will. Um, 
which takes me to to the last match, Roman versus Brock. I think Roman Reigns, my gut right now tells me he probably wins that match. Again, I'll give you my official prediction next next week on the show. Um, but I think I think this is just another opportunity, you know, bringing in Brock Lesnar. It's another opportunity for them to build Roman up as this great champion and have him continue this this long run. And again, I don't see him losing the belt until WrestleMania. Um, at this point, I think they they really are pouring in a lot of energy into booking this strong, strong run. And, you know, the, the big question remains, who do you have knock off Roman? And I still feel like this is an opportunity to make a new star by having that person knock off Roman. And I thought, you know, initially this was, this would have been an opportunity to finally cement Big E as a main eventer. They ended up giving the money in the bank contract to Big E and then moving him over to Raw um, as the WWE champion. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. But I don't see Roman losing at this point. But like I said, I will get, I will talk a little bit more about Crown Jewel next week and give you my predictions. Um, I do want to end with a little bit of the King of the Ring, Queen's Crown talk. Um, first of all, I'm really, I love the King of the Ring. Here's what I don't want to have happen with whoever becomes King of the Ring and the Queen's Crown for that matter. Um, we don't have to do the cheesy King gimmick. Um, I didn't like the King Corbin gimmick. I don't like it. I didn't like it when they did it with Sheamus. I think the only time I ever really enjoyed, uh, the King gimmick was when they did King Booker. I thought that was funny and Booker T really did a great job with that. So, um, but to me, King of the Ring is your opportunity to create a new star and a new potential main event star. You know, you go back and look in the past, people like Bret Hart, Triple H, Stone Cold Steve Austin, their big break was King of the Ring, and that really burst them onto the scene. And yes, I know we've had some dud King of the Rings. I mean, we had Mabel, we had Billy Gunn, you know. I didn't think, you know, Baron Corbin was that good of a king of the rings winner. But um, so should be uh, to me, that's that's what what should happen is the king of the ring should be an opportunity to make a new star. And I also feel that way, by the way, about this new queen's queen's crown, queen's crown as well. It should be an opportunity to make a new star. I was really happy when they released the brackets that. You know, they didn't put Charlotte Flair or Becky into the, you know, Queen's crown. Um, had some pretty solid matches last night um, on SmackDown. And so we're going to end up with the, you know, Finn Balor and Sami Zayn. They're one of the semifinal matches. Um, and then we'll find out what happens on Raw. I think Finn Balor probably beats Sami Zayn. And I think for the simple reason of, I, again, I don't know if Sami Zayn is allowed into Saudi Arabia, and I don't think he even wants to go to Saudi Arabia. He's, I think he is definitely one of one of those wrestlers that doesn't like going to Saudi Arabia in the first place. Um, which, which uh, by the way, I think he would have made a good King of the Ring. I think Finn Balor could be a solid. Okay, I'm not sure what exactly happened, but my uh, recording got interrupted, so I was going to finish up my thoughts. I, w- I was talking, and then all of a sudden I wasn't... Uh, Recording. So anyway, let me finish up with my King of the Rings 
King of the Ring thoughts, and then I'm going to give you my thoughts, initial thoughts about Queen's Crown. Um, again, I'm not going to give you my official prediction this week. I'm going to wait uh, for my official Crown Jewel prediction show, which will be next week. Um, as far as the King of the Ring goes, I think looking at the bracket right now for King of the Ring, um, certainly I think Finn Balor probably moves on over Cesaro. I think probably on the Raw side, you're looking at Jinder Mahal. If you're going to do the blueprint of give it to a heel, give it to a bad guy, and try and put, you know, I could, I could definitely see the gimmick of King Jinder um, happening if you go in that direction. I personally, if I'm booking it, I'm, I would really love to see Xavier Woods win the King of the Ring. Um, you know, Kofi's been WWE champion. Big E's been WWE champion. I would love to see Xavier Woods get a little bit of the spotlight, and I think he deserves it. I think he um, he's on equal footing with the other two members of the New Day. And so I, I would lean towards giving it to Xavier Woods. If I put myself in the mind of the Vince McMahon bookers and the writers, I think you're probably going to end up with Jinder Mahal um, as, as the winner, which, no, <laughs> I hope I'm wrong. So as far as the Queen's crown, um, we ended up with a, you know, um, Zelina Vega and Carmella winning last night. I think both, both of those women could be solid, uh, Queen's crown winners. Um, and then I think on the raw side, it's going to be Shayna Baszler basically beating everybody up. And so I think Shayna Baszler certainly ends up in the finals. Um, my gut tells me, because I think they're really booking Shayna Baszler as this monster um, wrestler right now, I think she probably wins it. I wouldn't be upset if Carmella or uh, Zelina Vega win it. I think they, you know, I think those two, either of those two would be very solid winners as well. Um, but I think based on the way that they're booking uh, Shayna Baszler right now, I think she probably is the one that wins. So we'll see what happens. Um, but I, I, I am enjoying – I'm glad that they did uh, do a female King of the Ring, this Queen's Crown this year. Again, I'm hoping they don't go the route that they normally do where they're running around with the crown on their head all the rest of the year and they have this Queen gimmick. I just think it's – if it's Shayna Baszler, it's going to be cheesy if they try to do that. Um, it makes a little bit more sense if you if you do it with Zelina Vega or Carmella to have them do that queen gimmick. But I don't know. I'm just not a fan of it. So, But anyway, I hope everybody has a good rest of the week. Um, stay safe. Uh, and have take, take time to do something you love. And I will see you next week for the Chris Carpenter show. Oh, and uh break late breaking news, so I'm just getting some texts. Um Texas is folding like a taco and OU's coming back. So like I said, I don't care who wins that. I I can make fun of either team that loses. You know, I can do the Bevo bag over the head picture or I can do the gif of the sooner schooner overturning. My gut would be I'd rather I'd rather kind of have Texas lose cuz They've done more to hurt tech. But anyway, um, anyway, I will see you all next week for next week's edition of The Chris Carpenter Show.